Thanks for listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. If you're in the Orlando area, we hope you're able to join us for one of our services. Please check out faithassembly.org for more information or follow us on social media at faithORL. We hope this message will be an inspiration to help you find all that God has for your life. Enjoy the message. Wow, I gotta gotta take a step back for a second and just take this in. I remember when, uh, when Pastor Carl had a call for salvation so many years ago, 1998, y'all, 1998, and we were on Goldenrod Road, and I came down to an altar, and I said, Jesus, come into my life, be my Lord and Savior, and to be able to stand on this platform tonight is an honor. You have no idea. As we were worshiping, I just, I was overwhelmed. I was just overwhelmed, not just by... Um, the moment, but the Holy Spirit that is just so present. This is where, this is where I got filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. This is where the Lord called me into ministry. This is where uh, so much has happened. Uh, I know there's a lot of people here who I've known for a long time. I'm a little embarrassed by some of the things I've done in the past. Glory to God. Uh, you know, you know a little bit too much about me, but I rebuke that in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, but I, what an honor, uh, Pastor Johnny and Jamie have been mentors uh, of mine for such a long time. I, I actually tried to run from ministry for a little bit, and it was just one comment in Pastor Johnny's kitchen. I remember I said, I'm really thinking about coming back, and he said, you need to. That's all he had to say, and I said, here I come. I'm, I, I, left back, I left New Jersey, came back to uh, finish my pastoral ministries degree at Southeastern. Uh, Pastor Carl, just uh, such a man of God. Uh, what a legacy here at Faith. Amen. And Miss Alice, the sweetest human being on the planet. Um, I know Pastor Carl has told this story a thousand times about uh, him offering me an honorarium um, when, uh, you know, to travel, or a part of his honorarium when we traveled, and it ended up being a whole lot of money. Praise God that paid my rent, and uh, uh, I'll just pay you back at some point. Amen. Glory to God. Not tonight, though. Praise God. Well, uh, what an honor, what an honor. And so um, I just wanna pray real fast before we start and then let's get into the word. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that your Holy Spirit would be present tonight. Lord, that you would move in a way like we have not experienced in Jesus' name. Lord, we love you. Amen, amen. Well, God is good. And all the time, praise God. Uh, it's a little, um, it's crazy because I see the caliber of people that have spoken before. It's an honor. It really is crazy when they called me up and said, hey, come and preach. And I said, boy, you've had some really good communicators here before. And so I hope I can live up to that. Um, but uh, I, was, I was preparing for this message and I started, uh, I was just kind of looking back at, um, at some messages here, uh, you know, that Pastor Johnny was, uh, was speaking. And um, I, I kind of follow a lot of what you guys are doing here. Uh, but I just looked as I was preparing the message, I was looking at the series that you're in on Sundays, um, which is about warfare. And I, I just thought, wow, how appropriate is it that tonight I want to talk a little bit about the battles that you're facing and that you are going through. And uh, I want us to take a moment and zoom in on a, on a very familiar story in Scripture. A lot of you know that story. It's a story of David and Goliath. And I don't want us to look at it at face value necessarily. I want us to look a little deeper at something that could be 
basic, but yet uh, profound. Uh, a lot of you have seen uh, the pictures maybe, or you know, when you were children in children's church, or maybe your child brought a picture home, or have you seen a, a poster somewhere of David fighting Goliath, and David fighting a lion and a bear, and you see that, and a lot of times, like I was looking up pictures, I was going to put some pictures up on the screen, and because they're comical to me, some of like, they, I mean, they have like, like David just so like ripped and diesel. I'm like, he does not look like, he doesn't, he probably looked like me, glory to God, right? And so he was there and, um, and so I'm like, well, that's, and he has a, he has like a bear and a headlock and, and so you look at that and it seems just so awesome. It just seems like this is incredible. Look at the power behind it. But if you really kind of look deeper into a fight with a lion and a bear, like we're going to talk about in a second, you understand that there may have been some other things. If you just zoom in a little bit to David and look at his body, he may have had some scars on his body. There may have been some situations that, because if you're fighting a lion and a bear, you're coming out a little bit scarred. But you know this story with David and Goliath. I'll just kind of preface it. Goliath was challenging Israel uh, to appoint somebody to meet him in single-hand combat uh, with the condition that the people, that the, the person whose champion should be killed should become the slave of the other. So Goliath is striking fear into the hearts of Saul uh, and his men. And David hears the giant's challenge and inquires. He's trying to figure out what's going on. And he says, all right, let me, let me step into that. So let's just pick this up in scripture real fast. In 1 Samuel 17, 1 Samuel 17, let's start at verse 24. Verse 24, just for the sake of time, I might skip some, uh, but here's the deal. It says this. It says, as soon as the Israelite army saw him, they began to run away in fright. This is talking about Goliath. They began to run away in fright, which is, it's a natural response when something intimidating is coming at you. It's a natural response to run in fear a lot of times. I know that I would be the same way. It says, have you seen the giant, the man asked? He comes out each day to defy Israel. The king has offered a huge reward to anyone who kills him. He will give that man one of his daughters for a wife, and the man's entire family will be exempted from paying taxes. Now let's uh, go to verse 26. David asked a soldier standing nearby, what will a man, I want you to hear that, what will a man get for killing this Philistine and ending his defiance of Israel? Who is this pagan Philistine anyway that he's allowed to defy the armies of the living God? Now go down to verse 32. It says this, it says, don't worry about this Philistine. David told Saul, I will go and fight him. So it starts off with, what will this man get? And then he says, I'll go. What will this man get? I'll go. Let's pause there for a second. Because at first he says, what's going to happen to somebody who fights him? And then he says, what's going to happen to this servant? What's going to happen to the man? What's going to happen to me? Because there's a shift in his mindset that he's going from other people to himself. And I believe that happens a lot of times in the church, that a lot of people are relying on Pastor Johnny, on Pastor Carl, and other pastors within this church for their own salvation and for their own prayers and their own deliverance. But we need a church that says, I'm going to stand up and I'm going to take this on myself. I'm going to this myself. What will this man? I will go and fight. But we have a whole lot more to go. Verse 33, don't be ridiculous, Saul replied. There's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You're only a boy and he's a man of war since his youth. But David persisted 
I've been taking care of my father's sheep and goats, he said. When a lion or a bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club and rescue the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and I club it to death. I have done this to both lions and bears, and I'll do it to this pagan Philistine too. For he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. The claws, the claws. And you think about those claws. A lot of times when I read scripture, I like to go a little bit, I like to kind of use my imagination as to what's happening. And I kept reading claws and I thought about lions and bears. I thought about the fight between a lion and a bear and the size of the lion and the bear. And I was, I just kind of did some research on it and the claw of a, of a lion could get up to four, four inches. I mean, just massive, massive claws and and their teeth could get maybe two, three, four inches itself. The bear, which is larger naturally, uh, can stand up to 10 feet tall. They're massive on their hind legs and they have claws that could get four to five inches and teeth that are so strong and powerful. So I'm sure that when he was fighting the lion and the bear, I'm sure that when he was going after them, that there were some scars on his body. You don't think that maybe he had some scars, that there were some markings. Maybe as he was talking to Saul and his brothers in this story. Maybe as he was talking to them and he said, oh, this is where the lion, this is where the lion, I fought a lion, this is where the lion got me with his, with his claws. This is where the bear took me and as I was trying to grab what was out in his mouth, this is where he scraped me on the back and he would show his scars on the back. But you see the progression in scripture from lion to bear and then now to a giant. He fought the lion that prepared him for the bear that prepared him for the giant. Let me tell you, faith assembly, that every battle that you go through just prepares you for the next. That your past does not define you, but it prepares you. Your past is not a point of, 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 of residence. It is a point of reference. Your past carries you through your fight. It does not confine you to your fears. We can look at our past quite a bit and we can be gripped by our past. But David understood this. That's why he was able to face Goliath. Look at that. He said, what will happen to the man to fight? Then he says, I will fight. Then he said, I will kill. There's a significant escalation there because what began in him, what started in him was was this courage and this bravery because he knew who delivered him and who saved him from the claws of the lion and the bear. This message though isn't about slaying giants. It's about savoring your scars. It's about understanding what you've been through and preparation for what you'll go through. David went to the battleground and he went to that ground. He, he heard the taunts of Goliath because that's what would happen. They would stand on the line. So they would always bring out in the war, they would always bring out their largest, their strongest, their best fighter. And the fighter would stand on that battle line and he would begin to walk back and forth. And it looked physically intimidating. And if it was not intimidating physically, if they looked at him and wasn't, they weren't intimidated, then what he would begin to do is begin to taunt and begin to yell out. And Saul of anybody should have been confident in God by this point, 
but he is throughout scripture, throughout the narrative of scripture, he is a fearful and an insecure man. He, he always feared the wrong things. He was fearing his calling as a king, the Philistine hordes, his own army, Goliath, David, a coup. He was always driven by fear, but in this moment, David was driven by faith. And so a lot of you, that's how the enemy is working in your life. If, if the physical isn't scaring you, the lies and the taunts are intimidating you. If the cancer isn't scaring you, the thoughts that you can't be healed will start, that lie that you can't be healed will start running in your mind. If the divorce isn't scaring you, the thoughts that the Lord can't restore your marriage will. If the financial situation isn't scaring you, then the thoughts that the Lord can't provide will. If the situation itself is dire, the thoughts that the Lord can't rescue you will. That's how the devil works. If what is at face value isn't intimidating you, his lies will begin to intimidate you. So he was calling them out in the winter who would Make the other the slaves. That's what would happen. It would become the slave of the other. First Samuel 17, it, it says, if he is able to fight and kill me, we will become your subjects. We will become your subjects, slaves, slaves. And for some of you, and this is my prayer, for some of you, I felt it in my spirit that there are a lot of you, that there has been this battle, there has been this situation, and you have become a slave to that fear, to that depression, to that anxiety, to that hatred, to that anger, to that bitterness, to that doubt. You have become a slave to it. That's why a lot of times you see people that like the drama more than anything on their social media. They like to post it because they live in it and they become a slave to it. But when doubt prevails, destruction follows. But when faith prevails, miracles, provision, hope, and peace follow. So to the winner, the loser becomes the servant. But you've already won though, amen? You've already won. On the cross... It was finalized. When he said, it is finished, he finalized your victory. When he said, it is finished, he finalized your deliverance. He finalized your hope. He finalized your provision. He finalized your healing. He finalized your salvation. He finalized. Y'all, it was, it was signed, sealed, delivered. Amen? You're in victory. But let me tell you about the scars because we're talking about scars. Let me tell you about scars. First thing is this, is that scars tell your story. He told them about the lion and the bear. He said, I, I, this is what happened with the lion. This is what happened with the bear. I can go, I can do this. I can fight this giant. I've fought enough. I have the scars to prove it. There's a scar, he's telling a story. I have scars on my body. I have, scar, I have a scar um, on my hand from a knife. I have a scar on my lip from getting kicked in the face. When I was younger, in a fight, I did. I have a scar on my knee from a surgery I had. I have a scar right on the inside of my knee from um, a safety pin that my mom used to carry. I don't know what it is with Puerto Ricans and safety pins, but I guarantee if there's a Puerto Rican around you, they got a safety pin or a bobby pin somewhere with them, right? And so she had it on her shirt and my mom picked me up. She was a strong woman. She picked me up and it hit the inside of my leg. I still have that scar because those, I could probably go around here and ask different scars that you might have. I could say, show me a scar and tell me your story behind that scar. 
Tell me what happened to you because, you know, maybe it's a, a, a surgery that you had. Maybe it's a C-section and, you know, this is when I had my baby. And, or maybe it's a surgery you went through. Maybe it's a tumor re- removal. Whatever it might be, you have a scar and you can tell the story of that scar. But there are some scars in this room tonight that are not visible, that nobody sees. And that's that scar uh, maybe of depression, of the things that you've gone through, of the anxiety or things that are going on in your mind that you don't know the difficulties, Pastor Casey, that I've been through. You don't know the hell that I've been through in my own personal life. You don't know the struggles that I've had. And those are some of your internal scars. Those are some of the things that you run on. Those are some of the things that cause you to fear, that cause you to have PTSD and all these other things that that so many talk about. Those are the things that cause it. It's these internal scars. And you haven't looked at your scars the right way, though. You look at your scars and you have a woe is me attitude, whereas your scars need to, you need to understand. Your scars are your testimony. Your scars are what the Lord has brought you through in your life. And if that is your testimony, then the scripture is right that says that the devil, that the enemy is defeated by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony, of your scars on your life. You need to understand the power of your scars and the story behind your scars. It's always preparing you for the next. I was taking a class in high school, drafting a long time ago. And I played football, this is my freshman year, I played football, and uh, believe it or not, and, and after the season, the teacher came to me, and he said, I just walked up, he said, Casey, I need to talk to you, Mr. Patrizzi, I still remember it. I actually looked him up to see if he was alive, he's not, but amen, glory to God. I want to tell him about this story. But he called me up to the front of his class, he said, Casey, I need to talk to you, I came up there, he said, Casey, I've seen you playing football. I said, yeah. He goes, yeah, here's the deal. I said, okay. He said, you're fat. I'm like, all right, praise God. Hey, thank you so much. That's, that's an encouraging, thank you for being an awesome teacher. He says, no, 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 you are. You are, you are you know, over, I need you to lose some weight uh, if you're gonna go play football. I said, okay. Um, I said, how do you wanna do it? And he says, here's, I, I, I coach wrestling. I want you to wrestle. I said, all right, I'll wrestle, no problem. Now, uh, mind you, I'm a freshman. I have no idea what wrestling is. I thought wrestling was like WWE. Like I thought I could jump off a turnbuckle. I could come in, put a mask on my face, be like, ah, I don't know what I'm named, you know? Um, and so I, I, uh, I went in there and they're like, hey, you know, uh, they gave me this like, um, well, it, it's called a unitard. It's like the worst thing or singlet, horrible thing. Um, but here's the deal. Here's how they work wrestling. Um, it, it was like you do weight classes. So you start at like, you know, um, 110, 120, all the way up till you get to a point where they're like, we're not even gonna weigh you anymore. You're a big boy, you're a heavyweight, right? So that was my grade. I was a heavyweight. They're like, you're a heavyweight, here you go. Now, everybody that I wrestled in high school, they they were just mutants, y'all. That's what it was. Everybody was a mutant. I did not even come close. I wish this could be like one of those Disney movies where I could be like, but I won every match and everybody's like, yes, let's go. That's not what happened at all. Like not even remotely. I lost everything. I lost every single match. Didn't even get past the first. It was the worst experience of my life. Worst experience of my life. But I remember going to Mr. Patrizzi. I said, Mr. Patrizzi, this was horrible. I lost everything. 
I lost every match. I'm not doing this again. He said, yeah, but look at you. Look at, look at the shape that you're in. And here's what's funny is that the next season in football, here's how it translated. I went through all this difficult time as a wrestler. I was running harder. I was lifting mats. We were doing things called suicides. They were lifting my leg. I mean, there were exercises that nobody should ever do in their life. Like if there is an exercise that's going to be in hell, it is wrestling, right? That is just basically what it is. It was the worst moment moment of my life. And I said, it was horrible, Mr. Patrizzi. It was horrible. I was sweating. I was bloody. I was bruised. I was tired. He said, yes, but look at what it looks like on the field. And I realized, wait a second. I was bruised. I was bloody. I was beaten, but I'm stronger. I'm faster. I'm better. Y'all, I'm telling you, some of you in this place, you're in the middle of that moment in your life where you are bruised and you're bloody and you're wondering why, Jesus, why am I going through this? Why am I struggling? I'm telling you today, he's just preparing you for the next. He's preparing you. I love it. You don't realize it, but you're going home with a story tonight in Jesus' name. Saul looked at him and he saw who he was from the outside. He's like, you're just a little boy. You can't fight this giant. Saul was basically saying, there's no way you can win. But David was saying, there's no way I can lose. That's a mentality you need to have. Satan's coming to you and saying, there's no way you can win. You need to reply back to him. There's no way I can lose. I already got this. Oh, Pastor Casey, you don't know what happened to me. You don't know my scars. You don't know my pain. You don't know my divorce. You don't know about the disease. You don't know about it. But, but your scars give you, uh, give you character. That scar gives you character. It, gives, it looks good on you for some of you. It looks good on you. I went to uh, El Salvador on a mission trip. This faith was the first place I ever went to El Salvador on a mission trip way a long time ago. I think it was 1998 or 99. And I'd taken my youth ministries ever since then. We take them almost every year there. And I remember one time we were walking up into this park and there was this little El Salvadoran guy just kind of far away. And, um, and we were in a major MS-13 area, major. And so we're walking up and I see him from a distance. And I notice that he has a scar from the top left of his forehead all the way down to the bottom of his neck. Massive scar. So just like any good youth pastor, I let all the kids go ahead of me. And I said, you guys just go ahead. Just walk up. I don't want to touch him. I don't want to go near him. So we start walking up though. And I see him and he has this lean and he's looking at us, looking at us. And every time I looked at the, the closer I got to him, the more the scar was defined and it was intimidating to me. I was terrified. I said, wait a second, what is happening? And we walked up and we walked up and walked up. And there were so, I, I started thinking, this guy's gonna kill me. He's gonna take me out. There's no doubt about it. I already can see the story. Youth pastor killed in El Salvador. That's exactly what I thought was gonna happen. And as soon as I went up, he had two 13s under his eyeballs. He had a 13 on his forehead, a big 13 on his neck and then two 13s on his ears. Like, I mean, and they, you know, they say that when you have a 13, you may have killed somebody. I'm like, this guy's a serial. Like, I don't know what's happening over here right now. And so I'm looking at him and as I come up, I'm like, oh gosh, here we go. Here we go. I'm shaking. And as soon as I get up to the fence, he's like, Hola, I'm like, whoa, okay. I didn't expect that. Like, I thought he was going to stab me or something like that, but he was so nice, but I was so terrified of this man because of his scar, because his scar was intimidating to me. I thought to myself, there is no way that this guy, I mean, imagine what happened to the other guy. I mean, if his scar is from here to here, what happened to him? It's not like this guy, it was, you don't get a scar like that by accident. 
That's not how that happens. It's not like he was eating a chuleta and all of a sudden the knife, it's not like that happened. Right? It's, it's just, there was, a, there was a, he got into a fight and he was the victor. Hear what I'm saying? He was in a fight and he was the victor. He was in a fight and he was the winner. And that scar intimidated me. Some of you need to go home tonight and realize that you intimidate the devil because of your scars, because of your testimony. You need to let the devil know, wait a second, I'm coming into my house and I'm going to find, I'm coming in, I am the victor. I am the winner. Too many Christians walk around with their head down as if you're a loser already. We need a church that is ready to stand up against the enemy that says, I am the winner. I am the victor. Look at my scars. Look at the divorce that the Lord brought me through. Look at the healing I have on my body. Look at the provision that the Lord has done. Look at the restoration in my life. Look at the hope that he's given me. Look at the love that he's given me. Look at how the anger is gone. Look at how my joy is restored. Lord, in Jesus' name, look at my scar, Satan. The Lord delivered me. You intimidate them, y'all. You intimidate them. You intimidate them. Tell your story. Scars give you strength. Who is this Philistine? He said, pagan Philistine. It actually says, uncircumcised Philistine. And the reason he said that is because when you call someone a pagan or if you say circumcised or uncircumcised, it's who has your back. Who's got your back? And when he looked at him, when he said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine, this pagan Philistine? He says, he's looking at him, realizing it's just him. There's nobody that's got his back. Or David is saying, but I know who I got. I know who, it's like my son, he's just, he's braver when I'm around. He just is. My daughters, they're brave, they just are. Like my son will never step into an ocean unless I'm holding his hand, unless I'm with him. Still to this day, he won't get on a roller coaster. He will not get on a roller coaster to save his life. But this weekend, I'm gonna get that joke on a roller coaster. You know what I'm gonna say? Daddy's with you, I got you. And that gives him strength to keep going, to move on. And you have that strength. And your strength, believe it or not, is in your scar. Your strength is in your second Corinthians. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you for my strength is made perfect in weakness. I'll boast in my infirmities. I take pleasure in my infirmities and reproaches and needs, persecutions and distresses. That's your scar. You need to understand the power behind your scar. The strength behind your scar. Some of you walked in weak. You walked in, you're not sure what's going on. You're not sure what's happening, but you need to walk out knowing, I got a scar. I got a testimony. Second Chronicles, I love what it says. Don't be afraid and don't be dismayed. For the battle's not yours, but God's. Don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed. Tomorrow go out and fight against and go against them. And the Lord will be with you. And the Lord will be with you. He's with you. He's got your back. And I need you to understand this. Just because it says the battle's not yours, it's the Lord, doesn't mean you don't show up for the fight. Doesn't mean you don't step up to the line. Doesn't mean you don't let the enemy know who you are. 
They give you strength. We'll go fast. They help you stand. They help you stand strong. The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion, the paw of the bear, who delivered me from the hand of this Philistine. They help you stand strong. There's something about standing strong. There's something about knowing, knowing who has your back and where you're standing. And say, it is, it's my scars. It's my scars. My heart is broken for some of you who don't, who don't understand the power behind your scar. You're walking around and you're like, how, how am I gonna get through this? How am I gonna walk through this? What's gonna happen? And I wish I could, hear, I, I wish I could tell you that you're gonna go home and all of a sudden you're, everything's gonna be perfect. But chances are, I'm not trying to pull away from the power of Jesus, I'm not. But chances are, those same things might, the, the divorce might still be there. The disease might still be there. That same family situation. Everything might be the same. But, but the biggest difference, the biggest difference is you. That you're not the same. You're different. Because you're walking into your house knowing the meaning of the scar. You're walking into your house knowing the meaning behind your testimony. That scar that'll help you stand. Stand firm. Stand firm. That's what it says in 2 Chronicles. Stand firm. Hold on. Some of you have wanted to quit. Hold on. Everything is coming at you. Hold on. Stand firm. Know your scars. Your husband says he wants a divorce. Hold on. Hold on. Stand firm and stand strong. You are the victor. You are the winner. You have to know that. You are the winner. David was able to do it. He stood against the giant. You can stand against it because of your scars. You can stand in the storm because of your scars. You can stand against the enemy because of your scars. Because no weapon formed against you will prosper. You have scars, scars, scars. I um, love what it says in 1 Samuel, in the four, verse 45 seven, through 47, 17, 45, 47. It says, David replied to this Philistine, you come to me with sword, spear, and javelin, but I, I come to you in the name of of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Hear that. You come to me in this way. 
but I come to you in the name of. You come to me with divorce, but I come to you in the name of. You come to me with disease, but I come to you in the name of. You come to me with depression, but I come to you in the name of. You come to me with anxiety, but I come to you in the name of. You come to me with fear, but I come to you in the name of. I come to you in the name of Jesus, in the name that is above every name, in the name that heals depression, in the name that heals anxiety, in the name that heals diseases, in the name that delivers, in the name that sets free, in the name that breaks bondage, in the name that provides, in the name that encourages, in the name that loves, in the name that comforts. It is in the name that is above all names, and his name is Jesus. 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 Come on, why don't you stand to your feet today and give glory to Jesus. It is his name. It is his name. It is his name. Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, it's your scars, it's your scars, it's your testimony. It's gonna bring you through it, church. It's gonna bring you through it. It's gonna bring you through it. Hear what I'm saying. The scripture says that David went and took took the lamb and the sheep from the mouth of the lion and the bear. David went and took back what he stole from him. Y'all remember that song back in the day? I remember, I remember singing that at Goldenrod, woo! We have some of those people who don't know how to dance, but they could do this, amen. I went to the enemy's camp, and I took back what he stole from me. That's what David did. David said, wait a second, I got some scars on my body. Wait a second, I got a testimony. Wait a second, I know what I'm doing. I'm going to the enemy's camp and I'm taking back what he took from me. And some of you, when you walk out of this door, it's not a normal revival night. It's a night where we got a church that says, I'm going, I'm going. Where is the camp? Is it camp in your house? You better go back to your house and take back. Take back your marriage, take back your children, Take back your finances, take back your healing, take back your joy, take back your life. Come on, church. I went. I went. I went. Years later, years later, after David was king, So much had happened in his life. I mean, he went through it. And I can imagine all of the, 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 the stress, all of the fear, and he was just about to head into a cave. He's just about to head into a cave because Saul began to chase him. 
And you would think he fought Goliath and so he got it. But he began to run. He ran for his life. And I love this because I feel like it was a nod from, from the Lord. In 1 Samuel 21, 9, it says, I only have the sword of Goliath the Philistine that you killed in the valley of Elah, the priest replied. It's wrapped in a cloth behind the ephod. Take that. And David replied, there's nothing like it. There was a lot of time between fighting Goliath and this moment as he was running scared. And I think, I think it was the Lord looking at him saying, remember what the enemy used to kill you didn't work against you. I had your back then, I'll have your back now. And he began to pen in Psalm 142. As he was in the cave, I wonder if he was holding on to that sword. And he wrote this verse, I pray to you, O Lord, you are my place of refuge. You're all I really want. Hear my cry, rescue me, bring me out. That's where you are today. That's where you are today. I need you to go back. Go back into your home and take it back. Take it back. What they used to do in battle, remember, it said that there was a battle line. It said that there was a battle line. And on that battle line, the enemy would cross or the one who would fight would come up to the battle line and said, I'm going to meet you there. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to close your eyes across this place today. And if you say, yeah, that's me. I never understood the power of my, I don't know why I went through what I went through, but I'm ready to fight. I'm ready to fight. I'm ready to stand and I'm ready to come against the enemy. I'm ready to come against whatever he might throw again. I'm ready to cross the line and take back. I want to symbolically take something back today. Can we do that? Can we take things back? If that's you, what I'm going to ask you to do is just on the count of three, I want you to look at me. Actually, just raise your hand. Just raise your hand. If you, if you do me a favor, on the count of three, raise your hand if you say, I'm ready to fight back. If you say, I'm ready to cross that line. If you say, I'm going to the enemy's camp and I'm taking back my marriage, I'm taking back my children, I'm taking back my joy, I'm taking back my hope, I'm taking back my mind, I'm taking it back. I hope you enjoyed listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. Thank you for joining us in pursuit of growing closer to Christ. Stay tuned for more messages released every week. God bless.